Trot's Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Kia ora, good morning everyone. Uh, welcome in to Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. Go to hrnz.co.nz for all of your information about this wonderful sport. I hope the Christmas shopping is going well. In fact, it should have been done by now, but uh, if you're anything like me, you're still progressing your way around the shops and ticking off the boxes to make sure that you've got everyone something. We'll have something for you on the show today, hopefully, because Cambridge Race this afternoon. Looking forward to the action Coming in from Cambridge Raceway, their traditional Christmas Eve race meeting. It does get underway just after 2 o'clock. And we'll talk to one of the key participants there today, Andrew and Lynn Neal. They have a number of chances going around Cambridge today, so they're one of the guests. We'll also head across the Alps, catch up with Troy Scanlon. He's a massive part of the Westport Trotting Club, and we invariably talk to Troy each and every year about their two-day festival which rolls into Reefton, of course, on the 30th. So Boxing Day, the 28th, and then the 30th, the traditional three days there on the West Coast. Uh, we'll talk to Blair Orange, the country's leading rainsman. He's on the verge of his sixth straight premiership. What's he up to over the next week? How much travel's involved? And what he thinks might be worth following over the next week or 10 days or so? We'll focus in on that Westport meeting with him, but he'll be at Gore the next day and on and on and on it goes. Westport, uh, Monte Carrara, Reefton, Rangiora on the first. A lot happening at this time of year before he heads down south to central Otago and then uh, makes his way to the Nelson Blenheim circuit. He was at the very important day. Other guests on the show today. We'll talk to a now Group 1 winning trainer very shortly and we'll talk to Matt Peden at the end about the odds and sods and talk about uh, what you should be getting involved in on the punt. But on Friday, it was a massive afternoon into the evening, the second running of the Ascot Park Hotel Invercargill Cup. Let's go to Craig Rail, get the concluding stages, and then talk to a bloke I think will be pretty happy about life at this time of year. Self-assure and beach ball, they're locked in battle, 400 metres left to travel, Mostile Benz enjoy the good run, American Me in fourth, then got you covered, to the outside Heisenberg, then he's a Meister, Tack McLeod and Robbins Playboy, up to the turn, it's the battle we're waiting for, Self-assure the inside, beach ball the outside, American Me to the passing lane, Self-assure in front, American Me tries harder, beach ball the outside, Self-assure in front, here's American Me, American American Me self-assured, self-assured in for the fight. He's just in front. American Me lunched and won. I think American Me's won the cup of nose. The self-assured, the thriller. Beach ball has run third. Got you covered. So a massive result there at the Ascot Park Hotel in the Cargill Cup. Just the second time it's been run at Group One level. The co-trainer, along with his son Tim, is Brent White. He's kindly joined us on uh, this Christmas Eve morning. Uh, very good morning to you, Whitey. Hey, Greg. Here you go. Group one winning trainer. Don't worry about how I'm going. I'm picking you going, okay? Yeah, I'm just giving my voice back now, mate. So you know how good I went. Well, I know how good your horse went, and I know what sort of ride you've been on with this horse. And we'll get to American Me shortly, because he deserves a lot of plaudits, as does driver Sarah O'Reilly. But how special watching that on Friday. Your son Tim down there. You guys have been in partnership for a couple of years now, but... 
you've gone to the next level. That's what you told me a few years ago you wanted to do and you wanted to have horses in Group 1 races. You achieved that with this horse in the great race, the IRT New Zealand Cup, but now you're a Group 1 winning trainer alongside your son. It must have been special. Oh, very special, Greg. I'm very proud um, of what Tim's achieved and what he's done so far, but also very proud of the whole um, group around us, um, Kimberly Bart, uh, Jack Joyce, Sarah, of course, uh, Bart Ravenscroft, or Don Borlase, all the people that help us day in and day out and probably don't get all the accolades at times. It's a real good team effort and it's a good team environment. What did you think during the run? Because obviously you had two in there, got you covered as well, and they were duelling for the lead on a couple of occasions, which was interesting from uh, a viewer's point of view. And then Self-Assured came looking, and Sarah said, you know what, I've got this horse on the bit, I'm going to make you work that little bit harder, and without putting too fine a point on it, if she hadn't have done that to a New Zealand Cup winner, a Race by Grins winner, a dual uh, New Zealand free-for-all winner, an Auckland Cup winner, then you wouldn't have beaten him, Whitey. No, exactly, it was a peach of a drive, and uh, we knew we had 10 and 20 metres over um, Benny's and Mark's nice horse, so she, um, and we never had a conversation about it. Like she's, she's not the third best driver in the country uh, for no reason. So, um, and she knew that if she stepped, she had to run. You got uh, got you covered, and him both being good beginners, um, she saw that oh, he was going to keep terrorising if she didn't hand, and then come back round round him. And uh, yeah, like uh, we, um, I've had a few battles regarding when we missed just about missed the start in the cup about the two miles and he's proven it now the Mifflin Cup two miles he hit the line good New Zealand Cup got back and hit the line good and another two mile race now um, and he's hit the line and you know, got money every time so the longer the journey the better it is for him Greg Yeah the greatest strength that he's got uh, was shown in that Mifflin Cup and I just well get on get on to that very shortly but tell me how you came to get the horse uh, obviously it started out its career in, in Manawatu and um, you know, Doug Gale raced the horse uh, a lot um, around that area and, and up to, to Cambridge and, and it made its way down here to Gavin Smith and then, then to your place. Now, you must have got the horse, oh, I would say, about um, the second week in June, somewhere around that, because it did have that last start for Gav on the 1st of June and you instantly got success. What, what was the article you were presented with in American Me and did you, A, think... You had a product that you could get to a New Zealand Cup for a start, but B, by the end of the year, be a Group 1 winner? No, to be totally honest. Um, he turned up, uh, Steve Hollander, who we'd never done anything for in the past, he rung Sarah. Sarah had driven for Steve in the North Island, and uh, then it were two through Doug Gale's um, contacts. He's got a lot of horses with Doug. And, um, you know, get, Kevin wasn't having any luck, um, and uh, I just thought it maybe another change and they rang Sarah and Sarah said, Oh, better ring um Brendel Tim up and ask so um Steve rung and you know, we took him on and they turned up and he was no lovely little horse and I guess and he loves the mid Canterbury fresh air, Greg. He's just um turned the corner and he's uh when he won first up, he all, we Tim and I were very confident he'd worked up real good. And um and then when he beat Artie's Express I thought that was a wee bit out of the bag and maybe we have got a horse that we can um target um, the road to the cup, and uh, so that's the mindset we went on. Mifflin Cup being um, 
on the race that we really wanted to win, one for, uh, one for Sarah and personally myself, I'd won the Mifflin Cup at Geraldine, but to win it actually at Mifflin, I won it with Cranbourne at Geraldine, but to win it at Mifflin and for Sarah and the emotion attached to it for Sarah, particularly um, it was a great, and then to go to the New Zealand Cup with no high expectations, I just had no high expectations just to be there, and then to run a creditable fourth, uh, like a dream come true, mate. Yeah, that Meffin Cup, when I've just been over at Australia for that Interdom series, and part of that was the Australasian Young Drivers, and interviewed Sarah on many occasions, and a lot of people were asking me over there, well, what the heck's the Meffin Cup? How, how could that be the biggest race that you ever wanted to win? But it meant so much to Sarah because of the family lineage around that area, era, so, uh, area rather, so... Um, that that was big. Now you've run fourth in the New Zealand Cup. Now you've won a Group One uh, Ascot Park Invercargill Cup. I think Sarah. Well, I don't know. Maybe she won't change her mind. Maybe it still is the Meffin Cup. But when I texted her yesterday, she said I should probably retire now. My junior driver's uh, record will, will be blooming hard to get beaten. She's won the the national title about four times in the junior drivers championship, and and a couple of times uh, for the overall premiership. And uh, of course, she's an Australasian young driving champion. She won that in 2019. So, yeah, she she could hang up the silks now and pro- probably be quite happy with that career. But she's got to chase down her father in terms of Group 1 wins now that she's got one on the board, surely. Oh, yeah, I don't think she'll be um, hanging up the col- colours anytime soon, Greg. She's sort of got a passion for it and she loves to win and she, um, she's pretty quiet around the place. But um, like she's a little silent assassin when she's out on the track. Oh, absolutely she is. I found that out, Whitey, uh, walking across from the stables on Inter Dominion Grand Final night when she yelled something out like, you're doing a great job, Greg, and then hid behind all the other juniors. Could you imagine her doing that? <laughs> absolutely I could, especially with a couple of steamers on board, mate. She she is uh, uh, quite a comical young lady. It's just getting it out of her sometimes. Exactly, exactly, no. She does a very good job. Yep, she's uh, she's and the horses run for a whitey. That's that's the other amazing thing. And when you talk to her father about it, and Jared and Jane were over at that series too, how proud they are of of what she's uh, achieving. And just watching her drive, Jared's getting a bigger kick out of that than even driving himself. He said these days. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we're probably just fortunate enough that um, when Kimberly started with us and Sarah was looking for a change, that um, and Sarah lives so close to the stables that she decided to join our stable, and it's um. Yeah, worked, worked probably better than we all thought. And, um, you yeah, we're very lucky to have two very experienced um, like young ladies like we've got. All right. Obviously, the ultimate result on Friday, but you and Tim have had a, a heck of a season, mate. You've racked up 36 wins from limited starters, only over 270 starters, and um, you're only in your second full season of training together. So uh, how many horses have you got, and what's your capacity, and... Where do you go to from here? What do you start thinking about? You mentioned Cranbourne before. You've obviously now got this horse. Um, is it about finding that better quality of horse and just lifting the bar again? Yeah, I, suppose, yeah, I hope so. It's just to do the best job for all our owners that we've got, and we've been very lucky. We've got a real loyal bunch of owners. Um, some of them have got more than one horse in work, and um, and we've got some nice young stock coming through. We were lucky enough to go to sales last year, and I went a wee bit mad, and spent quite a lot but we syndicated them all and um yeah hopefully what we've got coming through in two and the three year old ranks will um you no know, keep keep continuing continuing on and uh, you never know where the next one comes comes from I thought you know, when we had Helios and Wesley Sawcock that I might never get another one then Cranbourne come along and you know and then now American me and I got you covered. I mean they're all genuine um horses in their own right. So 
you never know where they come from, Greg. No, absolutely, uh, you don't. So how does that work? You go along to the sales and um, you, you said you, you spent over your budget or you got, got got a bit crazy, as can happen. You get that white line fever when you get in the sales, see something that you want. Um, who puts those together? Do people come to you? How does that all sort of work? And I, I'm picking to be hands-on with the horses. It's blimmin' hard to be doing all the book work and all of that stuff as well. Yeah, well... Um, yeah, the sales last year, I went and I was hell-bent on buying um, a trotter out of one over the stars because we trained that for Lex and Heather Williams before it yep. went to Hopi's. And um, so, yeah, I paid 80000 for it and never said a word to no one. Then rung Tim and said, we're in trouble. We need to get this syndicated. So, yeah, <laughs> Tim, put, Tim put an email around just to our ownership group straight away and we had it syndicated within two hours, um, right. just like that. So. That took the pressure off, and then we bought two or three other paces, and within two weeks they were all done. But yeah, Elena, my partner, she does all our book work and um, keeps that all tickety boo. We didn't have her doing those things. Uh, I'll be bugging, mate. I'm, uh, as I always say, I can, I'm a bit of a part time horse trainer, part time publican, and a part time truck driver. I'm not good at much, but I just battle away and do what I do. So that's what we do. <laughs> And that's that's what makes it work because uh, obviously you're pretty handy with a horse and um, you bring that to the business. You're obviously educating Tim and have been for quite some time, but you also have the confidence to send him with the horse down there. But I suppose he brings the technology side in some respects and you bring the old school hard work side. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, all the social media stuff and all that um, between him and Sarah, Kim, they sort of um, do all the photos and that there for everyone and... And uh, yeah, I'm I just I'm quite happy. I'm at the stables now, packing the ute and float for Tim to go down to Cromwell next week, and they, everyone's home putting their feet up. So, but I enjoy doing that, and um, and I enjoy seeing um, everyone that works for us get the success they get, and um, I'm happy to perch up at the pub with the boys and have a jug afterwards and say, oh, that's another job well done. Hey, move on to the next one. Yeah, exactly. Well, you certainly deserve a jug, and it'll be a great Christmas. And I spoke to Steve Hollander about that yesterday. It's uh, going to be hard to wipe the smile off all of those owners' faces. OK, you said you're travelling down there. I think you had one going to Monacarara on the 29th. Is Commander Ben in there? Yeah, Commander Ben's in there, and then Tim just working out. Um, we'll take, it will take three or four down to um, Central, um, and... Uh, and then we're just not 100% sure whether American Me will go to um, care yet or not. We'll just see how he comes through the next two or three days um, and then go from there. But um, we've got a couple right. of nice mugs right. maiden that's going down there. Um, should do a nice job at um, Roxborough. So, yeah, we've got some nice ones going down there, Greg. What's her name, mate? So the punters uh, out there, the people who listen to Trot's talk, can follow her in. Uh, well, it's probably well known for this time of the year. Three beers deep. Three beers deep, okay, good as gold. <laughs> Won't be hard to forget that one, three beers deep, and I'm picking you were more than three beers after you won that. Uh, I was going to ask you, obviously, about American Me, so the decision will be made on whether you go to Central, and then what does he have a break? Um, is is the yeah. hand up for a race by Grins? Do you think about a Northern campaign? I mean, all of those things are in play now. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, and that's where we're a little bit lost at the moment. Probably got to work out the programmes. Like you say, the Auckland Cup, but it's still six months away. And yep. um, But yeah, somewhere along the line, he's got to um, go to the paddock. So it's whether he goes to Omicare and has a break or goes to the paddock now. We'll just, um, as I said, we'll, we'll just see what he's like over the next two or three days and talk to Steve and talk to Tim and, and map it out. And, you know, sort of in foreign land, foreign land again here, Greg. So we'll just sort of got to feel our way and see what happens. 
Yep, and Commander Ben would be hard to beat at the Mott, you think? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's um, seems to go his best race is real fresh, and I just worked in this morning and I was real happy with him, so yeah, he'll be a strong chance on uh, Friday at um, Mott. All right, well, we really appreciate you coming on uh, this morning, mate. Um, massive effort for you, Tim, and the entire team by taking out the Ascot Park Invercargill Cup. Group 1 winning trainers now. They'll never be able to take that away from you. I know what it would have meant, mate, so uh, appreciate you coming on and sharing it with us this morning. Cheers, Brett, and Merry Christmas to you and everyone, all the listeners out there. Please. Good on you, Whitey. That's uh, Brent White. Brett and Tim White had their... Biggest day at the office on Friday. American Me, the horse good enough to run fourth in the New Zealand Cup behind Swayze, Akuta and a company. Beach Ball was third, of course. Turned the tables uh, around by winning his Group 1 for young Sarah O'Reilly. So uh, a massive day for the people of Mid-Canterbury. And uh, we congratulate them on that massive success on Friday. And a big congratulations to the club down there as well. HRNZ took a punt. Uh, by uh, setting up the Invercargill Cup and putting it on the last Friday before Christmas. They turned over 1.5 million. It was massive. Last year it was 1.1, and if you actually combine their two days that they used to have, I think they may have even exceeded that. So uh, big ups to everyone involved in the Invercargill Cup, to Jason Broad and the team there. Congratulations. All right, short break for us. The first of them on Trot's Talk. Go to hrnz.co.nz. Everything you need to know about harness racing. On the other side, we'll catch up with the guy, well, he and his wife actually, who uh, provided the biggest upset in Auckland Trotting Cup history. We'll talk to him a little bit about that, plus their chances at Cambridge today. We'll talk to Andrew Neal. Welcome back in to Trot's Talk is the traditional day, Christmas Eve race meeting coming out of Cambridge and uh, for the first time. In my time here on Trot's Talk anyway, we're going to catch up with local trainer Andrew Neal. Uh, Andrew, very good morning to you. Morning, Greg. Thanks so much for taking the time out, mate. I don't know why we haven't had you on before, but um, this time of year, uh, about 20-odd years ago, you caused one of the great upsets of all time when uh, Flight South took out the Cup. In fact, it was in 2000 from memory when uh, she paid about $100 to, to win that. So I suppose... Gee, that seems like an awful time, long time ago, Andrew. It, uh, yeah, it does. It was um, in uh, yeah, yeah, the year 2000, but it was uh, like mid-December, the, uh, yep. the Auckland Cup that year, and uh, yeah, leading right. up to Christmas. So that was a good Christmas present for us, for sure. Yeah, it was. Um, now, what's been happening around the AP Neil stable? You and your wife, Lynn, of course, uh, train in partnership and going through the last few months in terms of starters you haven't had huge numbers and by your normal high standards you haven't had a huge amount of winners although you had one uh, this week with no mercy so has it been a rebuilding phase have you been concentrating on other things what's been happening yeah we've we've had a um a team around us that have won a few races and sort of got on to their marks and and the way the handicapping's uh, set out today you, you really get onto your mark pretty quick and um, some of them had to, you know, race, go round, not get money. Then they drop back to, to where they're um, competitive. Um, so, yeah, the team we've got in today, we've got two new ones um, that um, stepping out. Um, we're pretty, yeah, we're very happy with the with their progress and they've had quite a lot of trials, both of them. Um, and the first one is um, Royal Action. And, uh, yeah, she's been, we've taken with the Pukekohe. She's She's 
tripped around. She's been a bit of a handful to to get going, but um, I think we're there with her now. So uh, she's got um, a bit of breeding, yeah. Andrew. This is the family of Royal Aspirations and Ginger Gow and and the like. So um, if if the bloodlines come to the fore, does she show that sort of ability? She does. Yeah, she does. But saying that, um, she's a, a first starter maiden trotter, and uh, you know stage fright can can take over. Uh, but we're we're hopeful. We're not like real hundred percent confident that she'll she'll do everything right. But um, sometimes it just takes a couple of starts. Has that um, process of going to the trials and and the extensive trials that you have had with her, um, that's all about the learning curve. So um, there's going to be a lot of improvement in her. And, of course, you've got those horses, including one of mine, AP Neil, that's uh, only 30 metres behind. And sometimes them rushing up behind them at their first start, it's not always the greatest uh, greatest feeling for a horse, is it? No, no, you're on to it there, Greg. It's... um it's the ring craft for, for trotters that, that makes a difference. Um, so, yeah, that, that sort of thing can can really upset them. You can go to the trials as much as you like, but uh, race day, it's always a little bit different. But we're, right. we're hopeful. But, She's got a lot of ability, um, but you've got to take it on trust a little bit for a first couple of starts. All right. So she's one we can certainly follow if she doesn't deliver today, which she could do, but judging by the way she has gone. What about Ice Fairy? She is one to follow in the future. What about Ice Fairy? Because there's been money for this horse. Todd Mitchell takes the drive for you, um, has, again, been to the trials extensively. This is the family of Flight South, when I had a look through last yeah. night. So um, what, what do you make yeah. of those couple of workout wins, and, and what are you hoping for today? Yeah, she's a, she's a, um, a nice filly. Um, Always be Mickey. They're big gangly types in the early early stages. Um, yeah, she's she's got the family ability. Um, yeah, we're really hopeful that she'll she'll have a really good showing today. Her her trial form's been good, and the horses all around her at the trials have have gone on and performed really good. So um, everything's stacking up for us form wise. Um, and yeah, I'm, she will do things right. She's um, and she. She's showing us enough ability to think, well, she'll put her hand up very shortly. Andrew, is the wide front row draw of any concern? Not first up. I'm not too concerned on that. Um, it's a smaller field. It's only eight starters, I think. I don't think there's any more scratchings. So um, that's, yeah, she's going to get back a little bit probably or, or midfield because she does get off the gate, right? And it just depends on what um, the wizard decides to do um, as the gate leaves. Um, he may even go out a bit and, and try and slot in. So with her, she's got a nice turn of speed. So, um, yeah, she could get out handy. All right. Are your two first starters? Uh, one that had a start earlier in the week is Run Forest Run and was a pretty good second uh, in behind Romeo Foxtrot, who's been in good form. Yeah, yeah. He's he's always shown us plenty. Um, he has got a few little tricks with him, um, but... He's better with a sit, which he showed the other night. If he can sit in, which there again is only like eight starters, nine, eight starters, I think. No, seven starters. Just looking at the screen. Uh, so yeah, he he won't be too far from them, um, even off his um, ten metres. And he's got a lot of speed if he's just sat in and ready for one run. All right. Uh, next of your drive uh, runners, rather, of course, Lynn drives that uh, run for us. Run is winner's time. Crystal Hackett takes. Uh, the reins, this one in a fresh condition, but prior to uh, having that freshen up, had been ultra consistent. 
Yeah, he's he's a handy horse um, in that in that field. He looks yeah looks quite well placed. Fresh, say fresh up, he, and he's always gone good fresh up. And he just started that last start was a fourth, but it was an okay fourth. That's all I'll say. So we we gave him a few weeks off and freshened him. He's he's come back looking really sharp. All right, so he goes around to race number seven. And no mercy, who was that winner we talked about earlier in the week? is in the last, Lynn takes the reins from a nice handy position of barrier two. Yeah, yep, he's, um, he's there again, handy horse. There's none of the ones really, in, well, with um, no mercy and also winner's time. They're no standout stars, but they're handy, consistent horses. So no mercy, yeah, with the draw, coming in with a nice draw again, he should get a nice position out of the as he mobile leaves. Um, and... He he won quite quite nice the other day. Uh, he's better with the pace on, so if they can really run along a bit, it'll suit him better. All right, uh, he's a chance in the last. You've got a handful yeah, of a you guys. Yeah. Yep, yep. What what's the best of them, Andrew? If if the people are still looking to uh, go out and buy some Christmas presents, if they haven't done it by now, they're in a bit of trouble anyway. So I don't know if you can help them. Um, but what's the best of your chances today? If, if you had to label one of them as, you, as your best winning chance. What would what would be your thoughts on that? I would probably say Ice Fairy. Okay. Because um, she's starting off as a maiden. Um, yeah, she's 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 going nice. All right. Well, this would be a nice way to uh, go into Christmas. What does Christmas Day present for for you and Lynn? And um, I, I used to be really busy time around this time of year for you guys, horses wise. But there isn't as many race meetings. So um, yeah, what unfolds over the next week? Well, we've got uh, we've got another meeting on Friday at Cambridge, so we'll just be we won't we need, traditionally we don't go away anywhere over Christmas because it's too hard to to get away with having racehorses and meetings you know on your back door. So uh, we'll just be be around the farm and looking after the horses over Christmas. And uh, we haven't really got anything to go to Auckland this year, um, but later in, in a couple of months we will have another. Um, Harder than Diamonds will be back into gear, and, and she is an Auckland class horse. Yep. So, uh, yeah, no, we'll just be having a quiet Christmas at home with a few friends and a couple of family members. Good on you, Andrew. Hey, really appreciate you coming on Trot's Talk this morning to you and Lynn. We wish you all the best uh, for Christmas. We wish you all the best today as well with a nice handy team in there at Cambridge, and thanks for your time on Trot's Talk. Thanks, Greg. No problem. Cheers. Good on you. That's Andrew Neal. Andrew and Lynn Neal train out of Cambridge. You know their colours are black with the gold or yellow stars and they'll be to the fore, I'm sure, at uh, Cambridge Raceway today. All right, the first of these gets underway at 10 minutes past uh, 2 o'clock, the first of 8 on the traditional Christmas Eve meeting. Short break for us here on Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. And on the other side, we'll head across the Alps, for me anyway, and catch up with not only Troy Scanlon, who's running the Punters Club, it's a big old go there at the Westport meeting, but we'll also catch up with the country's leading rainsman. I'm a sovereign man, and I'm so brilliant. I got the south in my blood, and I'm going to be here till I'm dead and well Yes, welcome in to the Southern Man uh, section on Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ, and no bigger Southern Man, well he's not quite South, he's more coastal, but Troy Scanlon, as he does each and every year, joins us uh, 
for the build-in to the big two days at his beloved Westport Trotting Club. Very good morning to you, Troy. Morning, Greg, and morning to all the listeners out there. Yeah, compliments of the season to you, mate. Uh, as excited as you get just about, this is your Christmas present each and every year, the two days at Westport. Uh, I'm sure the venue's looking resplendent, and it's part of the tradition, part of the fabric of harness racing in this country to have the two days, and if you throw in Reefton, the three on the West Coast. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, pretty special time of year for, for most concerned, Greg. I think a lot of people like getting home to Westport for Christmas Day. And then, of course, uh, the second Christmas Day is Boxing Day for most. So uh, you're looking forward to hopefully some good weather and a big crowd on track, uh, really good noms. So, um, you know, a full card of races. We actually managed to creep in 12, so it should be a great day's racing. Yeah, first of them underway at 12 o'clock. Pretty special race there. There's a memorial for Trevor Wilkes and... Ross Burrow, but uh, let's talk about Trevor Wilkes and his part that he played, of course, uh, there at the club for so many years at Patterson Park. Um, it was uh, a big part of him being on course and reading out the divvies and the like, and he just loved it, didn't he? He did, mate, yeah. It won't, won't be the same not having Trev there. Um, he uh, massive part. He's been, God, he's coming for years. Um, on-course commentator, loved it, stayed at the cause every year. Um, and you just knew when you walked in there you were going to see him, and, uh, you know, big uh, big loss to the racing industry, and, um, you know, nice for the club to uh, obviously put on the race, and, and Ross Burrow, obviously, a, a massive part of the Westport Trolling Club as well. He, Many people would know him in the uh, president's room. He was the barman in there for years, and um, been a huge part of the club, been on the committee, and, um, you know, both uh, massive losses. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you guys, uh, and knowing the way the club works, traditionally and, and, and the big part the tradition plays that you're acknowledging uh, the likes of those two gentlemen. It is your Cup Day. It's the Pulse Energy Westport Cup and we'll talk very shortly to the country's leading raidsman, a man who's now won six premierships, uh, Blair Orange, who drives live-on legend for Jock Austin. But although it's not a big field for the Westport Cup, there's plenty of quality there this year. Live-on legend and uh, Franco Marek Share the back mark with the Country Cup specialist and Homebush lad. How did you see this year's Cup going? Yeah, it's um, probably one of the deeper fields we've had, Greg, I think. Um, the last few years we have struggled to get, you know, seven horses to make up the field. And this year I thought it was uh, it was quite a tidy field. Obviously, first rows off the front. Um, and then we've got, uh, obviously, home, a horse like Homebush lad, which is a bit out of form and, and hard to probably get a line on where, where he's at. But he loves the circuit, loves the trip. Um, has done well obviously in the past and then you've got the up-and-comers like Level Legend and Franco Merrick I, I sort of thought it was Franco Merrick maybe maybe his race to lose this year he, he seems like a horse that will just eat up the two miles, loves the grass looks like he's been prepped for this for this race, he's had a couple of um, you know nice efforts, I mean you, you line up the third behind, was it a Hoka Connor last start, that's pretty good form heading into a Westport Cup, so um, well, I, I thought he was the horse to beat, but the tape probably reflects that Yep, certainly does. Two dollars ten. The bookies opened it up very shortly. We'll talk to Matt Peden about that. Live on legend at five dollars. Obush lad, actually a bit of support there. Eight fifty into seven fifty in first rows at seven dollars. Now you're charged with the task of running the punters club, and although you don't want to give too much away, you must have had some sort of whisper. You must have had something uh, from the locals to suggest that maybe a local horse that the punters might be able to follow in. We'll get to that feature trot as soon as you've told me that, but um, have, you, have you singled one out that you've thought, right, that's going to be the key to the success of the Punters Club? 
Well, probably usually I find the first race, Greg, that you start on probably sets the tone for the day. And I'm hoping uh, Blair Orange might give a big Blair glare at about the the 400 metre mark to go. I thought High Hopes in race four. That's the first race for the Pundits Club. I thought based on its on its form, uh, heading to Westport, um, draws probably the best gate and uh, three can probably find his way to the front um, and just looks very hard to beat. I would suggest so. I think the punters club might be starting really heavily on high hopes, and if that, that fails, we could be in a bit of trouble early. <laughs> All right, a flip of the coin, odds around uh, high hopes on that trotting race. What about here? Yeah, well, well, we'll be cheering for you, mate. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> that, that trotting race has got a lot of depth to it. Obviously, the Bloss is so well performed. Uh, Prince Tekka has been on the circuit before. Tutangata has the ability to win a race like this, and Masterly is was a star three-year-old, hasn't quite got back to that sort of form, but Bob Butt wouldn't uh, be pressing on. He didn't have much luck last time either at Rangiora. So, um, yeah, it's a good race too. Hey, Troy, I'm going to let you go, mate, because you've got family time uh, to enjoy. But um, we wish you and the club all the very best for their two days and Reefton on the 30th as well. It's such a big part of uh, what is harness racing in this country. So um, enjoy the two days, mate. I'm, I'm sure that the hospitality will be as good as ever. No, thanks a lot, Greg. And you did mention that trot. That, that's obviously part of a massive series we've got with the Seven Shields this year. So seven races, um, which has obviously attracted some really nice trotters, like you say, like Tutangana and Masterly and, and the like. So that, that's a seven-race series that finishes in Blenheim and the horse with the most points uh, win a $10,000 bonus. So the second day at Westbrook, we've actually got the first ever um, race for the trotters, which are the Trotting Cup. It's the Caltex, Westport, Durban, Chief. Uh, trotting Cups, so um, I think Unico Vacanza joins that that group of horses on the second day, so it should be a cracking race and uh, a great initiative by the Seven Shields to get that series up and running for the trotters. Yeah, yeah. congratulations to everyone involved there and uh, you and the family enjoy the Christmas, mate. Thanks, mate. You too and all the listeners have a great Christmas and New Year. Good on you. Troy Scanlon from the Westport Trotting Club. Uh, joining us online now is the country's leading rainsman, Blair Orange. Uh, compliments of the season to you, Blair. Yeah, hi, Greg. Same to you, Mark. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time out on what is effectively a day off for you, but you haven't got too many coming up, have you? <laughs> no, no. Uh, there's plenty of racing coming up, mate, but, yeah, took the time today to have a good sleep in and, yeah, a bit of a lazy day for a change on a Sunday. All right, congratulations on another premiership. Uh, 157 wins, which is not a record for you. In fact, it's nowhere near your record of about 242, but uh, it's still another premiership. And just having a quick look, you tick past 1,000 drives for the year, Blair. Of course, our season now, 1 January to 31 December. So it's been pretty busy, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a good season, Greg. And obviously I've had great support again all up, up and down the country. And, yeah, it's uh, really enjoyed the year so far. Got a highlight, Blair. You've you've tasted Group One success with the likes of Love Me Two and the Derby for uh, Dylan Ferguson and Graham Rogerson. Copy that. Won the Million Dollar Race by Grins, and earlier in the year you, you won a Group One at Addington in the Mears Race, the Breeders Stakes, which I don't think you'd won before with Kelly's Delight. Um, which one stands out, and or is it another race maybe? Uh, no, probably the um, Copy That's win, Greg. Um... You know, it was a high prestigious race and a million dollars. And, you know, there's a lot of hype before it. And, you know, we uh, found the front pretty nicely and dictated the race. So, yeah, that, that one definitely stood out for me, mate. All right. We just spoke to Troy Scanlon. He's in charge of the Punters Club at Westport on the first day. Uh, high hopes he's placing 
a lot of his hope on in race number four for Tom Bagger. He looks pretty hard to beat, though. For sure, Greg. He's, uh, this one rang good at Rangura the other day, and it was beaten by a nice horse. So he's got a good draw to work with, and, yeah, it, it, it should be winning that race anyway. All right, Louis Maguire got its measure at Rangiora, but uh, I reckon she'll be pretty hard to beat in that. What about Live On Legend in the Cup for your great mate, Jock Austin? Yeah, um, you know, we got left alone in front at Addington, Addington the other night, and, you know, the horse run well. So that was its first run back for a while, and it, it would have taken a lot out of that and had a quiet trial yesterday at Much Crow on the grass, and by all reports, they were happy with him. So he's off 20 metres, Greg, but it's, uh, you know, it's a distance race, so... He'll get his chance, and uh, Franco Merritt obviously be the harder one to beat, but um, definitely in with the show for sure. All right, you've got a couple of wins on Invercargill Cup Day. One of those was for your great mate Andrew Stewart. You drive a few for him, including Dennis Denuto, who's won a couple of times at Westport. Baltimore Jill, who doesn't win out of turn but gets into the right sort of race. Uh, of those couple, what's the best? What about your driving take after me? Um, I suppose you well you picked up a couple of wins for this horse, although five or six drivers have been winning on take after me. He's just a grouse old horse, isn't he? He is. He's a good old campaigner, and you know it's great. Freddie Scott and Jan, they they love the horses and they love the racing and the hospitality. So yeah, it's a small field to take after me, Greg, and he'll get his chance. And uh, Baltimore George Jill's been racing well its last couple with a couple of placings, and Dennis Denuto probably needs to um, to show up a little bit more. He's uh, yeah, he did trial okay, but he's he's going to need a bit of luck. But if there was one roughy, Greg, I would go forward rule. He trialed good last Wednesday, and uh shame he's drawn the back row. But, um, yeah, he might just be a sneaky one to follow. Yep, blinds are on. Beat the Falcon at the trials. Home at 57-4. Be pretty hard to beat. You go Westport, Gore, Westport, Motokarara, Reefton, and that's the end of the year, Blair. I think you might add enough by then, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's pretty full on for a few days, Greg, and a uh, bit of time in airplanes and cars and whatnot to get to and from the, the meetings, but, you know, um, that, that's our job, and, yeah, it's a time to uh, to make some money, obviously, and, uh, yeah, just go where you need it, and, you know, because one day your your days will be, be over, so uh, we'll just make the most of it while we're still still available. Good on you, mate. Really appreciate you coming on Trot's Talk uh, numerous times throughout the year. Congrats on another premiership and go well over the next few days. Drive safely both on and off the track. Yeah, thanks, Greg, and Merry Christmas to everyone out there. And uh, as you said, um, everyone be safe on the roads and um, enjoy the festive season. Yep, we certainly will. Blair Orange there, country's leading rainsman for the sixth consecutive year. Short break for us on the other side. We'll wrap it all up with Matt Peden as we build towards another big day at Cambridge, but an incredibly busy time for the bookies as well. In your home straight on your Trot's Talk show. I was about to say another show there, Matthew Peden, which I do a wee bit for. (laughs) The box seat, as I say, morning to you. Good morning, Gregory, and to uh, all of your loyal listeners out there as well. Great to be joining you. Yeah, it is, and big thank you to you throughout the year, mate, not only for what you do for this show, but for uh, assisting us to get the markets out uh, nice and early. I think that's really uh, improved quite dramatically this year, which is uh, really greatly appreciated, not only by us, but by the punters out there as well. And just on that, the shift since things changed in June with the uh, involvement of Entain, it's been a breath of fresh air and it's certainly uh, accelerated things for everyone in the game, has it not? 
It has, Greg, and um, and the experience the customer has and, and the importance of the industry being engaged as well is well and truly at the forefront with everything that Entain does and um, and it's tremendous to see that the flow-on effect from all that uh, that they're starting to have as well. So hopefully it's onwards and upwards from here and uh, we should be in for a good 2024. Yeah, absolutely we should. Busy time for you guys, markets-wise. They're uh, out, of course, for Westport. We're out on Friday for their first day. Um, it's it's a case of just trying to keep your head in the game, isn't it, with so much racing on, gore the next day. Um, obviously, the harness racing up north with the New Year's Eve meeting at Alexandra Park. You've got the second day Westport. You've got Monte Carrara. You've got Winton. You've got... There's so many race meetings going on. Um, how do you guys keep... Up with that schedule, and, and I guess it means there's a, there's a lot of form being done. Yeah, a lot of coffee and not a lot of beers, probably one good way to put it, Greg. Um, it's sort of a busy time for us, and like you say, we, we probably miss out on a few of the, the finer things in life that a lot of other people are, are going to enjoy around Christmas, but it's part of the job, and we love what we do. And um, I think once we get through this, this next period, it, uh, it does back off a little bit, but... As you say, a lot of racing coming up. We're going to open Gore tonight, which is, what, four days out from that meeting. So plenty for punters to get their teeth stuck into, and uh, there'll be plenty to come once we get through day one of Westport as well. Tell me, and this is a question without notice, what, what's the highlight of the year for you? What, what's the one race you'll think, yep, that's what I'll remember 2023 about? Because there's been a few. Yeah, it's uh, that's a really good question. There's, there's been a lot of highs in the in the uh, in the industry for us this year. But look, I, I really enjoyed watching Cam Hart come over with Swayze and uh, and win the New Zealand Cup. I've known Cam for a while, and uh, for him to rise through the ranks as a driver in uh, in Australia, but uh, not only that, but to come over here and beat our best on uh, on New Zealand soil was a, a pretty tremendous thing, and that's uh, something that I remember for a while. All right, Pulse Energy Westport Cup. Is it a race in two between Franco Merrick, Live On Legend, or is there a chance off the front first? Rose has a part to play, and can the Country Cup star Homebush Lad get back into form? How did you assess that? I see you've got 210 for Franco Merrick. Yeah, I think if you go through the form lines, I think Troy made a very good point about uh, about Franco Merrick coming through the Hope O'Connor form line. Uh, it probably does put him in good stead should he do everything right, hop away and land to a good spot, which I'm sure Robbie Close will do with him. Uh, the market's telling us that there's not a great deal of activity, so we probably, or I'd like to think that we've got that market reasonably close to rights, and uh, and I'd imagine that they'll step into those top two. Franco Marek was on legend as we get closer to jump time on, on Tuesday. Hey, really appreciate you coming on again. Thanks so much for everything in 2023, and no doubt we'll be talking plenty in the new year as well. Matthew, all the very best to you. Likewise to you, Greg. Thanks very much. All right, that's Matthew Peden there from the TAB Bookies Desk. That's it for Trot's Talk uh, leading into Christmas. We will be back on uh, New Year's Eve with that big meeting out of Alexandra Park. A big thank you to all of our guests today, Brent White, he and his son, uh, Tim taking out the Escott Park Invercargill Cup with American Me. Andrew Neal on the chances at Cambridge today. Don't forget that meeting starts at 10 past 2. Troy Scanlon and Blair Orange. Troy on the Westport Club and their big two days coming up. Blair on his big week coming up because he's got a lot of travelling and Matt Peden there from the bookmaker's desk. Uh, all the best uh, to you on the punt today on this Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to everyone. To producer dude Robbie, big thank you to you for your input as per the norm. I'll talk to you on New Year's Eve. Merry Christmas, everyone.